Will you join me in prayer? Open our hearts, O Lord, to the movement of your spirit within us and amongst us. May your love warm us body, soul, and spirit. In the name of our loving, liberating, life-giving God, amen. Please be seated. All right, it's a little chilly this morning, isn't it? All right, we're going to trust that the love that does flow between us will warm us body, soul, and spirit. Our gospel reading this morning, this morning from the Gospel of Luke, is a story of the beginnings of Jesus' ministry. So just like last week we had a story of the beginning of Jesus' ministry um, from the perspective of John with the wedding at Cana. You remember that great story? The water into the wine, Mary noticing things going on. Um, This is right towards the beginning of Luke's gospel. Now, context is important, right? We kind of need to know what's been going on in this story before we got to this point. So you ready? Here's the, the Cliff Notes version. Jesus was born. Jesus was baptized. Do you remember what happened at the baptism? The spirit comes down like a dove from heaven and says, you are my, this is a really important word, beloved son. With you I am well pleased. And then what happens? That same spirit that proclaimed Jesus as beloved drives him out into the desert, into the wilderness, to be tempted for 40 days. That's a great kind of love, isn't it? In the desert during that temptation, at its essence, what Jesus had to struggle with was this question. What kind of power are you interested in? Are you interested in the kind of power that glorifies you that makes you powerful? Or are you interested in the power that ministers to people, that cares for people, that glorifies God? And Jesus' answer was to resist those temptations for self-power and to lean into trust in the Holy One God. And it is after that that we come to our story today. So Jesus had gone into the synagogue, it says, as was his practice. Now, a little, a little um, cultural, historical background. At this point in time, any man uh, who was in the synagogue could ask to read a scripture. So it really wasn't that unusual that Jesus would say, I would like to read a scripture and offer an interpretation. So he would have asked for the scripture that he read. And he chose it from Isaiah. And as we heard in our gospel reading, it goes, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor, release to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was saying, this in a nutshell is the ministry that God is calling me to. It is a ministry of liberation, of healing, a ministry of grace. It's interesting because Jesus leaves out the last phrase from this Isaiah reading. That last phrase says something to the effect of to proclaim the, 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 um, the vengeance of the Lord. 
Jesus leaves that out. His is a ministry not of vengeance, but he comes as a Messiah of healing and grace. So this passage is the, the, the gospel in a nutshell. If you were to memorize any scripture in the entire world, I mean, 23rd Psalm is pretty good, right? But this, this is the heart of everything Jesus does. And so this is the heart of everything that we, as followers of Jesus, are called to. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because the Spirit has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor, release to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. Oppression takes so many forms, does it not? Being captive, being in captivity takes so many forms. Perhaps in your life you have experienced some sense of bondage or captivity or oppression. Perhaps you have seen or participated in working to release those situations in our country, in our world, where there is oppression, injustice, and blindness. Do you remember we talked about last week Mary noticing something that was going on at the wedding at Cana and really encouraging Jesus to notice? She had to help open up his eyes. Sometimes in our lives there are things that are oppressive, or aren't a part of the goodness of the love of God, and at first we don't really notice them. But over time, as the Spirit works on our hearts and on our sight, we begin to see some new things. Does that resonate? Does that happen to anybody here? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. There's a powerful story, and you may already know it, but it is the story of John Newton. He was involved in the slave trade, back uh, in the, was he 1700s or 1800s, but somewhere around in there. And he captained a ship involved in the slave trade, bringing, bringing um, Africans from their native country over to, uh, to Europe into the United States. And over time, God really worked on his heart. And he began to see the scales fell from his eyes. Just like with Saul becoming Paul, the scales fell from his eyes. And he began to see that what he was doing was not of God. And he is the one who wrote the hymn, Amazing Grace. Perhaps you know this song. The first verse, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a soul like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Where is the Spirit moving in your life that you are seeing more and more where there is need of this freeing work of the loving gospel? What do you see? What do you notice? And where do you feel called? Because our God is not a God who does not see. Our God is not a God who does not care. Our God is a God who sees and loves deeply and invites us into that same vibrant, life-giving life. So, can I share a little story with you? I'm so glad you said yes. I was serving a church church 
a friend of mine was on sabbatical. And so I was there for about two months. Uh, early on, I get a call from the diocesan offices saying, there's a change in the bishop's schedule and he's coming to visit the church that uh, you are serving uh, in three days. And I go, holy cow. <laughs> you know, the bishop coming to visit is a big deal and I'm, I, I'm not the rector there. I'm just helping out a, helping out a sister. And, uh, but I was like, okay. Now, what I didn't realize is that I had changed something in their service that you don't want to change when the bishop's coming. I had changed the creed. Uh, I don't recommend doing this. And what I had changed it to was I took, because we're in the season of Epiphany like we are now, I took this Luke, Luke and passage from Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and I, I created it into three parts. So that we began and we professed as a community together. I believe the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I believe the spirit has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then, you ready? We turned to each other and we said, I believe the spirit of the Lord is upon you. I believe the Spirit has anointed you to bring good news to the poor, release to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind. Now, can you imagine this looking at each other and someone looking at you and proclaiming that? It was powerful. And then as a community, we all said together, we believe the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to proclaim good news to the poor. That whole piece. Do you see what I'm saying? Now we get to this, and I'm... Yes, I was being kind of clueless. I thought it was wonderful, you know. And at the end of the service, the bishop, and he's a wonderful bishop, love him to pieces, but he was right. He came to me and he said, Julia, you cannot change the creed without checking with your bishop. And I said, you are so right, bishop. I am so sorry. He said, but I did learn something wonderful from that experience of looking at one another and having someone say to me, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, but don't change the creed again without checking with me first. I said, of course, yes, Bishop. He was very gracious and very right. But to know that the spirit of the Lord is upon you, each of you, each of us, and as we see one another, it fills us. And we needn't be bashful about that. It's glorious. And it's what connects us. Did you read in the newsletter this Friday? I'm not asking who read the newsletter. This isn't a test. I'm sure everybody read it. But I included a poem that talked about that flow of sap, that flow of love that connects us. If you didn't read it, take a look. And I have a way I'd love to describe that a little more. Are you game with me? You ready? Okay. Close your eyes. I'm not kidding. Close your eyes. Don't peek. Okay. Even Ava has to close her eyes. Okay. Close your eyes. I see some open. No peeking. All right. Open them. What is this? What is this? 
And what does it have to do with what we're talking about? Just think for a minute. Don't say anything out loud. And our streaming folks, you can put type things in the chat box, because I'd love to see what you think. What does this have to do with what we're talking about? If you have an idea, raise your hand, because I think we'd all love to hear each other's ideas. Okay, you got to raise your hand so I can hear where it's coming from. I heard one. What was that? Change. With change. Ooh, with change. What else? Connectedness. Ooh, it's connected. Mm -hmm. What else? Yeah, what, my friend? Can you say it one more time? Growing? Mm -hmm. Thank you. What else? You've got to raise your hand and then so I can hear you. So connectedness. Oh, one more? Yes, back there. Reaching out. Ooh, oh, you all are so good, right? So yes to all of those things, right? See, we're all connected. And the sap, the love, the spirit flows through every part. And every part is important. Our epistle reading, our reading from Paul, Corinthians talked about that. Now, I love to refer to this. Now, someone told me it looks like the COVID virus. So, you know, I was not too happy about that. And we're just going to nix that one in the backside, okay, my friends? But I like to talk about this. Perhaps you've heard the phrase, the kingdom of God. Have you heard that phrase, maybe, at some point? You ever kind of like wonder, like, what is this kingdom of God stuff? Am I the only one? No? Okay. So rather than kingdom of God, K-I-N-G-D-O-M, I love to talk about the kingdom of God, K-I-N-D-O-M, kingdom, relationship. Because we're all connected as one body, aren't we? We are one body, and each one is important. Each one has a special gift to offer. Did you catch that in our reading this morning? And if the eye says to the foot, or wait, which way does it go? If the foot says to the eye, I have no need of you, where would the seeing be? See, each of you, each of you has a special gift to bring to the kingdom of God as we are here at St. Augustine's. And so our time together is, is so exciting. I have so much to learn about you all and the gifts that you bring, that you're just filled with the Spirit and that we're connected and that it grows. Anyone read The Grinch Who Stole Christmas? You know that story? Yeah, don't you love it? And so what part of the story of The Grinch Who Stole Christmas does this remind you of? Yeah, what is it? Can you say it a little louder? Yes, and his heart grew three sizes that day. That's what our hearts do. As we're filled with the Spirit, our hearts grow and they warm the earth. Thank you. Yes. So we'll see this ball a lot. It's kind of fun. Can I throw it to you all? You ready? And it is quite wonderful, isn't it? And um, Jeremiah's son told me about all kinds of great things about that, and we'll explore it more because we'll bring it back. But if you all would like to borrow that this week, 
Do you want to borrow it this week? And then can you bring it back to me next week? Thank you. And think about what it reminds you about God, what it helps you to see about God. Yes. You're so welcome. I hope you have great fun. And so for all of us to know that God fills us and feels like look around at each other. Look at who we're worshiping with and building community with and serving the world with. You are filled with the Spirit of God. In the name of our loving, liberating, life-giving God. Amen.